Hello, welcome to the Lift Podcast. This is Angela Withers. Today we're going to be talking about developing a mental and spiritual immunity. So this week we're also discussing boosting our immune system, how to build a stronger immunity for our body, and we want to focus on building that same strength in our immunity for our mind and our spirit. This is really kind of um, a part two to the podcast that we had last week. The podcast we had last week we talked about detoxing our mind and our spirit. So I will refer back to that a little bit. So you may get more benefit from listening to that podcast first and then moving on to this one about developing a mental and spiritual immunity. So as I've talked about multiple times in our podcasts and some of our videos is this is really the whole premise behind Lift is that we are made up of a mind, a spirit, and a body, and our intelligence or our mind has existed for eternity. Our heavenly parents created a spiritual body to house our our intelligence, and that gave us our second element that makes up who we are is this spirit. And now we're here in this mortal life, living on this earth with a physical body, and that's the third element that makes up who we are. So we are made up of a mind, body, and spirit. And when we recognize that those are three key elements of who we are and that we have stewardship over all three of those elements and we work to cleanse them from impurities that are there, to strengthen them, and to allow them to grow into their fullest capacity. That is when we're being a good steward over each of those elements that make up who we are that we have stewardship over. And the pattern that I've seen over and over and over again is that The majority of what we experience physically has a spiritual root, and that spiritual root has an intellectual root. So if we trace things back to whatever we're seeing physically that we don't like in our life, and we want to change that, we want different results, then we can trace it back to an emotion that our spirit experienced, and then a thought that was really the seed where it all started in our intellect or in our mind. And um, Satan knows, he wants our body. Satan was not allowed to receive a physical body or the spirits that followed after him. And he wants our body, but he knows that if he's going to get there, he first has to get his foot in the door in our mind. That's, That's the entrance. That's where he can really make an impact physically on us is if he can get in through our mind and then he'll penetrate our spirit and eventually there will be physical outcomes that we'll see. And God allows this to happen. This is part of his plan. We were supposed to come here and we were supposed to experience opposition and be allowed to make decisions for ourselves, using our agency to choose what we want to choose, become what we want to become. So the adversary being there and trying to get in our minds is really part of God's plan to see if if we're going to protect that, if we're going to recognize that stewardship and hold it sacred or if we will allow someone else to have influence over it. So Satan begins by feeding us an idea. And we're getting ideas coming in all the time into our mind, and we, our intelligence, gets to filter those out. We get to identify, is this something I want to keep? Is this something that's true? Is this false? Or do I not know about this? And when we have an idea come in that we clearly know is false, we usually reject it pretty quickly. If we don't know yet if it's false or if it's correct, we'll let it hang out there and we'll kind of let it start to produce a little bit of emotion and maybe some physical 
manifestations and then we'll start to identify, oh, wait a minute, maybe this isn't a good idea or maybe this is a good idea based off what results come from having it there. And just like we talked about last week where we where there's a lot of things that have been stashed spiritually that we need to detox from our body, there are also a lot of ideas in our mind that have been stashed there, have been hanging out that maybe we don't have an opinion about yet or maybe we have been following them and they've been producing poor results, but we haven't quite identified the root belief or the root idea or the root thought behind it all and intentionally removed it from our mind. So this is an invitation to mentally detox. Recognize what things are happening in your life or what things keep repeating themselves, what results you keep getting over and over that you want to change, and trace it back to what idea or what belief is the foundation for those emotions and those actions, and really evaluate that and ask God for help that you can have the discernment to evaluate it and recognize whether or not it's true or not. And if it's not true, intentionally remove it from your mind. Say, this is not true. I'm not going to follow this anymore. And say a prayer and ask Heavenly Father to remove it from your mind, remove the spiritual and physical impacts that it's had in your life as it's been there in your mind. So as I talked about last week, I personally... I am a lot better at recognizing an emotion than I am at recognizing a false idea. (laughs) I've gotten better over the years as I've encountered, you know, the same idea multiple times over and I've identified already that's not a a correct idea. I can see it coming from a a ways away now, but there's still a lot of incorrect ideas that I don't identify the first time they pass through my mind and I will hang on to them. But the thing that I identify... And I feel like I'm pretty sharp with this is I'll identify the emotion that it produces. So as soon as I identify an emotion that something's not quite right, and then I realize, okay, there was an idea that came into my mind that I started holding on to, and this is producing negative fruit already for my spirit. My spirit's identifying that. And without fail, when I take the time to stop and retrace my thoughts, I can find and weed out the thought that came in that did not come from God, that I know was intentionally allowed to come into my mind as a test for me to identify, is this a correct truth that I'm going to live in harmony with, or is this a false idea, a false belief, philosophy of men? But when I identify it and intentionally remove it, immediately my spirit feels at peace again. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, God gives us a formula for how we can have peace And he says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. So when we reject the thoughts that come in from the adversary and we accept and trust the thoughts that come in from the Lord, our mind is at complete peace. But we're not going to arrive at that point overnight. That is going to be something that we're going to have to continually work out. But over time, we're going to build up a clear understanding of what's truth and what's not truth. It's God's intention for us to go through this life learning by our own experience the good from the evil, learning by our own experience what ideas we've hung on to and followed that didn't produce good or fruit and removing those, casting our net on the other side, trying something different, trying an idea that does feel inspired and, and letting those ideas stay and take root in our mind and see if they produce good fruit. That's part of God's 
plan for us is to have these ideas come in, filter them out, allow them to grow, see what they produce, and learn for ourselves what things are truth and what things produce good fruit and what things are false and do not produce good emotions or good physical outcomes and results. So when you go into the Lyft library, you'll see this. It's going to be in the building immunity for the mind and spirit PDF that you can print out. And there's a formula there that has God's formula for peace. So last week, we also talked about how there can be a spiritual root to our health problems. And I talked about if you've had a, a bad experience in your childhood, in your teenage years, in your adult years, and you want to just forget it. You want to pretend like you didn't see it, you didn't hear it, you didn't experience it. Um, and that that can be a root, a spiritual root, and it really comes back to an idea. This idea that if I just pretend it didn't happen, if I just try to block it from my memory, it will go away. And that's the idea behind it. And it creates this emotion of apathy or this emotion that you just have to accept that you were acted upon. That you can't stand up for yourself or control your experiences. And, and that will begin to manifest itself physically with symptoms like memory loss, poor eyesight, hearing loss. Another example is if we feel very fatigued. We've got this low energy level. And often that can come when we accepted some kind of obligation and that feels like bondage to us. And that obligation isn't bringing happiness. And then we have this desire not even to do it. Not even to go where we might think, oh, I hope that I get sick or I hope something comes up so I don't have to do that. We can manifest physical symptoms of things, whether we overscheduled ourselves or whether we signed up for things that we really didn't feel right about in the first place, but maybe we did it for an incorrect reason. And then that will feel like bondage to us. And then we start experiencing low energy. And now I want to say that if we have these experiences, if we have these different physical symptoms and we can find this spiritual root, this emotional root, and then trace that back to a thought or a belief or an idea, just because there is an intellectual root and a spiritual root doesn't mean that there's not still physical needs of the body. Because if we've been in that state for years where we've been trying to forget a memory and then we start experiencing memory loss later on in our life, it is not just the needs of the intelligence or our mind and the needs of the spirit that we need to focus on. We also need to focus on the needs of the body, eating the foods, exercising, doing the things that are going to help our mind be strong, help that memory return, as well as identifying those thoughts that came in that told us that we should just forget about it, rather than really take care of it the correct way and the emotions that we felt. And when we can hand those to the Savior and be healed from those experiences or repent of those experiences and identify what idea led to the decision to try to forget it or try to pretend like it didn't happen rather than really take care of it, face it head on, do the things that we need to to take care of those experiences. Same thing when I talked about having low energy. If we can clearly stop and look at our schedule and say, do you know what? I didn't feel right about signing up for this thing from the beginning. This is taking a lot of time, a lot of work, and it's not producing good fruit. It's making me feel overwhelmed, overworked, and fatigued. And it's something that I need to talk to these different people and let them know I can't have this in, the, in my life and apologize for letting them down, but that we need to work something else out because this can't stay in my schedule. 
And when we just face those problems head on and we really take care of them the right way, it's amazing how that shift within our mind and getting the truth there and rooting out anything that's false will start to impact our emotions and what our spirit is feeling. And we start to feel hope. We start to feel happiness. We start to feel freedom. And then those physical symptoms follow good symptoms like increased energy. So for years, I feel like I've been fine-tuning my ability for my spirit to identify the emotional fruit that an idea has produced. But, um, but I've really wanted to get to the point where I can identify the idea as it enters and identify it as false. And um, the reason why I've wanted to do this is because of the experience that the Savior had in Matthew chapter 4 when he was tempted from the adversary. And in verse... Let's see, verse 1, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. But the Joseph Smith um, footnote says, To be with God. He was led up into the wilderness to be with God. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards and hungered. And this is where the footnote says, um, That after he had communed with God, he was afterwards and hungered and was left to be tempted of the devil. It was part of God's plan for him to be tempted of the devil. It is part of God's plan for us to be tempted of the devil. This this life is meant to be a test. Opposition is a key element of this life. Opposition is a key element of God's plan. And when we recognize that and identify that, just just like I talked about in, in the beginning of our body stewardship course, when we talked about setting goals, and part of setting a successful goal is including opposition as your plan so when it comes in you're not shocked or shaken by it you see it that this is part of this is part of God's plan and if we're going to be successful in creating our own plans and setting our own goals then we're going to have to include opposition because opposition is what makes us stronger it makes us think outside the box it tests us to see if we're really committed it has a very intentional purpose and that's why God includes it so God intended for Christ to be tempted, and God intended for us to be tempted. But this is where Jesus Christ, I feel like, is completely different from myself, is that when the devil tempted him, he tempted him with three different things. And each time the devil tempted him with something, it never made it past the Savior's intelligence. Jesus Christ immediately recognized it as a false idea. And then this is how he rejected it. The idea came in and Jesus immediately said to him what the truth was. And that is how I found that we remove incorrect ideas from our mind. And this is how we build an immunity, is identifying early on an idea that came in and maybe we don't identify it till it's in the second stage and it's produced some emotion. But what's important is that we identify that it's there. When we clearly identify what the lie was, and then we clearly identify what the truth is. That is like the key right there to removing incorrect ideas and building this immunity for our mind and our spirit. And I can't remember where I read this, but I read one time this quote that said that a belief is an idea that we are converted to. And when I read that, I thought that's a perfect explanation for that. Because I have, we have thoughts that come in all the, all the time or even an idea that will come in. And if we allow it to hang out there and we start actually making our decisions in alignment with that idea, 
then that becomes a belief that we're converted to, that we're actually using as a truth in our life. And we can be doing this without even necessarily recognizing that we're doing this. And there's a lot of beliefs that we have in our mind that we've been hanging on to for a long time that aren't even actually true. And they're producing negative results in our life. Just like I said in the podcast last week, if we want to identify and uproot those incorrect beliefs that are in our mind, we have to go to Heavenly Father in prayer. We have to ask Him in the name of Jesus Christ to help us identify those things, help bring them to the surface, help us clearly see what they are. And it may not happen all at once. It's probably going to take, for me, it's taken a while. It's taken, I would say, several years that I've been working at overcoming and clearing out false beliefs and ideas and replacing them with the truth, intentionally identifying what is the truth in regards to that topic and then having that be my foundation. That is something that will stay in my mind. It is a belief that I can be completely converted to and I can align all my actions with it and it will produce good physical results. There have been times that I've had a prompting come from God and I know he wants me to do something and I'll feel scared about doing that. And there were times that I started questioning, wait a minute, if if the ideas that come from God produce good fruit or good emotion, why am I feeling scared? And um, I started really focusing on that pattern and trying to identify what pattern was there. And I identified that every time I get a prompting from God, it is immediately followed by not just one thought, but multiple thoughts that come from the adversary telling me why I shouldn't do whatever it was that God just prompted me to do. And then I started realizing that as I listen to those, as I entertain those thoughts that come from the adversary, that's when the fear comes in. That's when the negative emotions are felt. So when you have a prompting from God, you can almost bank on the adversary being there immediately overwhelmingly you with all sorts of ideas why you shouldn't do what God just asked you to do. And if we remove those ideas and say, no, God has asked me to do this and I'm going to follow through and I'm going to be obedient, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to be scared. I'm not going to hesitate. I'm going to follow what God asked me to do. In DNC chapter 50, it talks a lot about the spirits that were sent that followed the adversary, that followed Satan and have been sent here onto the earth. And that's really what they're doing is they're going around trying to stop us from following God's plan, trying to stop us from following his instructions. And sometimes they feel like a bad infestation of mosquitoes that just swarm you, that as soon as you get enlightenment, they are right there. And there's a great talk from Elder Holland that's called Cast Not Away Therefore Your Confidence. Excellent talk where he talks about this principle that when there's something big that we receive from God, when there's a spiritual experience or, and it probably doesn't even have to be anything big, but when we have a spiritual experience, you can bank on the adversary being there right before or right afterwards to try and prevent it from happening or to try to get us to turn away from the enlightenment that God just gave us. So in conclusion, I'm just going to go through these steps real quick, is that we are made up of an intelligence or a mind and a spirit that fills emotion and a body. The adversary will give us an idea into our mind that is false. God will give us ideas into our mind that are correct, that are true. And we get to filter out and identify which one we're going to live in harmony with. But sometimes things slip past us and we don't identify them yet. But our spirit is like this 
beautiful, incredible alarm system that we have. And those emotions are the alarms going off that let us know, I don't feel right. I feel anxious. I feel worried. I feel upset. Something happened. Some imposter idea came in and it's producing these kind of emotions now. And then we'll start to see physical manifestations. But if we can start to really tune into those emotions and identify them and identify what thought preceded them, then we can stop those physical symptoms from even ever being manifested. But I will say, just on a side note, is that when I've had let an incorrect idea stay around and an incorrect emotion, almost the first place that I feel it personally is in my gut. I'll start feeling a little bit sick to my stomach. That's almost always a physical manifestation to me that there is an incorrect idea that I allowed to come in and now my spirit's feeling the effects of it and my physical body is feeling the effects of it. And this is just something I do. But when I identify that I let an incorrect idea come in, I ask Heavenly Father, I actually go to Him in prayer and sometimes it's a silent prayer. If I'm driving and I've been feeling emotions for half the day that I haven't been able to identify what idea was there or or I haven't gotten to the root of it, I'll ask Heavenly Father to help me get to the root of it. And once I do get to the get to the root, get to that idea that came in or that thought that came in that I let stay around that wasn't correct, when I finally identify that, I will ask Heavenly Father to forgive me for letting it stay there. Forgive me for entertaining that idea. And then I will ask him to remove it from me and to heal my mind and my body and my spirit from any negative effects that it experienced while that idea remained in my mind and remained with me. And every time I do that in the name of Jesus Christ, the physical symptoms, the spiritual symptoms, the emotions that I felt, and that unsettled feeling completely leaves and I'm left with peace, just like this scripture promises. It has taken a while for me to really develop this skill. And like I said, I'm still trying to really develop the skill of stopping it as it enters my mind. I see what the Savior was able to do, and I'm so inspired by that and want to follow his example, and I've been working on that. But there's still plenty of things that make it past my mind, and it's not until I start to recognize the spiritual manifestations that I'm able to identify that an idea came in that wasn't correct. So don't be frustrated with yourself if this takes time. Include fasting and prayer as you work on this, and God will bless you and help you. And the thing that I would like to say is that if we could teach the rising generation how to filter out ideas that come into their mind, that would be huge. They are meant to be God's army that gathers scattered Israel. And raising a generation, helping them learn from the time that they are young how to recognize emotions, recognize what the root of that emotion was, recognize how to use it in going to the Savior and applying the healing And the forgiving power of the atonement, the cleansing power of the atonement, is going to be huge. But this younger generation needs it so badly. And it's our responsibility as the parents and as the adults to develop these skills for ourselves and be able to teach them and help the rising generation develop them as well. This is how we can build up our own immunity for our mind and spirit. And this is how we can help build up a very strong mental and spiritual immunity for the rising generation.